0: Hello, stargazers. Welcome to Seventh House Astrology, where I take anything that is astrological or any topic that is related to relationships and romance. I investigate it under the lens of Sinistry Astrology, otherwise known as love or relationship astrology. I am your host, Sandra Misek, and actually I am really pleased to actually announce that. I am actually recording my podcast today in the outdoors. Um, this is a first for me. I'm just going to see if this actually works. Uh, kind of like with everything else, every episode. I'm just going to see how this works. If this is a great format, if so, you'll get to hear me outside, which is perfect for you know this late uh, spring day, especially on Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day to everybody. But if it doesn't, of course, I can always move back into my soundproofed uh, surroundings of my room and my house as well, too. But um, this is going to be interesting for sure. But uh, as of the 20th of May, the sun had shifted from the stable And the very grounded sign of Taurus, also the very pleasure-seeking sign of Taurus, into the sign of Gemini. So we all know what time it is. Again, that's right, it is Gemini season. And today's episode is just going to be focused on... Gemini season what are some key themes what are some key buzzwords as to what happens or what will be happening when it comes to relationships one note those stargazers if you do hear some little noises out here like i said i am recording outside so i thought i would kind of give you that heads up there not not that it's under my control but you know and maybe not maybe i i have no idea because like i said i do have headphones on but sometimes you know noises kind of pop up so but uh anyway with Gemini season so Geminians I've actually encountered a ton of Geminians in my life I think that one of the biggest reasons for why I have as thus is because I do have uh, three generational planets in Sagittarius so the exact opposite of Gemini and when it comes to oppositions, what I do see is that a lot of people kind of you know the opposite the opposite signs tend to attract to you first, whereas other signs kind of take a little bit of time to kind of warm up to you as well. But for Gemini, um, definitely I've, I've encountered many Geminians since uh, middle school. Be, I think because of that interaction in my chart. But a couple things that I have noticed with this particular sign. So first off, it's kind of interesting to note in astrology that they do, the sign in and of itself rules the third house. And the sign is also ruled by Mercury. And with that said, uh, both the third house and Mercury rule communication. And uh, with Mercury as well, rules, thought patterns as well. Um, One thing that I have noted when it comes to a lot of the Geminians in my life, I kind of crack up when it comes to communication because that is one of the first things I notice with these particular individuals is that um, there is really no filter between their head, what's in their head, and then what kind of comes out of the mouth. Uh, Nine times out of ten, you know, they just kind of say whatever's there. And for me as a Leo with the moon in Libra, where I really value honesty, um, and I really value everybody kind of being up front as much as possible, not being so hidden, I know being up front for me is something I also need to work with, but I really love it in individuals. I love It's kind of refreshing to be around a Gemini um, in the regard that, you know, I know where I stand when it comes to Geminians, you know, in the regard that they're very honest and very forthright. Sometimes a little too much sometimes there are certain phrases like a number of Geminians that I went to school with would usually say oh gee your hair looks like crap maybe you should go shave it or better yet maybe you should just go burn it or your clothes look like this that or the other thing maybe you should also go burn them too and I mean sometimes it kind of catches you off guard and it's kind of you know it's it's kind of a you know a nice thing and other times it's like Okay, that's a little obnoxious that you're that honest and that frank and almost to the point of being rude and off-putting. So one thing that I feel that Geminians tend to, their biggest lesson in life is how to maybe filter what they say uh, in life. And maybe that being so upfront and that blunt when it comes to communication, it's not always the best of ideas. And maybe um, kind of like uh, with old school journalism, with which actually Gemini also rules, learning how to filter information um, out you know, when it comes to particular reports, you don't need to include everything, including your honest to goodness opinion. You can also, I mean, there is such a thing as editing um, what you have to say, or kind of, um, edit, you know, really uh, making sure that you're kind of editing a draft, as I mentioned earlier, or that you're kind of, again, doing some sort of a filter in that regard. So it's not everything that you're thinking of will make it to the page, but you know, sometimes if not everything, you know, that you're thinking of is not making it outside of your mouth or making it outside your communication skills, sometimes that's okay. And I think maybe that's the better option when it comes to relationships. So, bluntness also being aside, the other things that I also found to be very interesting when it comes to Gemini. So, if we were to take a look at the zodiacal wheel as an evolution of human growth, and actually each zodiacal sign kind of represents a certain age range around human evolution. So, um, one thing that was kind of interesting to me when we're looking from Pisces. Pisces kind of represents someone who's 60 to 80 years of age. They're trying to get over the the kind of like the measly issues that we usually think about when we're um, at a younger age, usually when we're in our 20s, teens to 20s. So they are kind of moving beyond that and more into... The cosmos, the universe, the afterlife, all that is really kind of more expansive or having the mind being more expansive. And also, again, to um, somebody who is 60 to 80 years of age is usually preparing for the afterlife or preparing for mortality and preparing for bigger, huge issues that those of us who are pretty young still can't really wrap our heads around as much. Uh, Aries is actually the baby of the Zodiac. It's usually considered the baby or the infant, and usually the ages are usually infant to toddler years. Now, um, Aries, don't get the, uh, to all those who, who are Aries out there, don't misunderstand. I'm not calling you guys toddlers or babies. Um, that is not at all the, um, the implication here. I think more of the reference here is that kind of like toddlers or infants, Toddlers and infants are mainly preoccupied with their survival. And, you know, babies of all species are usually occupied with their survival and making sure that their needs are going to be taken care of. Um, They're going to thrive. They're going to be healthy. They're going to survive in and of uh, life and of itself. And sometimes I feel that with Aries, they do take that stance um, in their life. You know, how can I survive? How can I make sure that I'm, you know, I'm going to be a-okay. Taurus is about like, oh, I'd like to say two to four years old. Uh, Some psychiatrists, particularly Freud. I'm not always the biggest Freudian fan, to be honest with you. Uh, There are some things that he had theorized that were very informative. Other things were just a little too sex and bodily function obsessed. It was kind of creepy. I could kind of tell he was definitely a man who had a Scorpio ascendant. But uh, you know, uh he had mentioned, you know, two to four years of age is usually considered to be like the Oedipal stage. Again, to all you Torians out there, I'm not saying that you're you're adipole or anything of that nature. But you know, kind of like um kids who are in that stage. Um, you know, Freudian mentioned how they're kind of really happy about their you know, when they're potty training. They're really super happy about their poop and they're, they're, they're quick to pointing out, you know, their poop to their mom or how they, how they went to the potty um, or how they went to the bathroom on their own to their mom. They're super proud of that. The other thing that I see within this stage, though, is how kids are really super happy and super, you know, in wonder and in awe with the growing changes in their body. I mean, it's very unlike our teenage years where we're starting to shame our body. Um, you know, they're actually in, you know, it's a beautiful thing where they actually are super excited about their bodies. They find, it, you know, the change in their physiological change is very beautiful, and they're very happy to display that. I see that a lot with Taurus where it's like they're, they're very happy with their health, they're very happy, you know, with the things that they have accrued um, in, within life. But they're also very happy, you know, within themselves and within their bodies and in their physical, their physical beings, kind of like, kid, you know, the the children at two to four years age. But uh, coming back to Gemini, um, the, the human interaction or the human evolution with Gemini is that— uh, The sign actually, I feel, is between two to five years of age. Now, again, not to say that Geminians are childish. Uh, That's not at all the implication here. But children who are two to five years of age usually learn how to communicate. And again, as mentioned with the examples um, with my acquaintances, Sometimes those communication, you know, learning to communicate can be very beneficial and other times it can just uh, go way south. You know, sometimes that child can repeat exactly what you've said, kind of like having a parrot around the house. Other times they're just saying something that's just grossly rude and they kind of need to be. Corralled or taught, and kind of you know, kind of taught of what to say, what not to say. In some ways, with Gemini, I feel like with the communication scheme here is kind of similar sometimes they they say something that's really profound and very enlightening and very happy and other times it's like oh my god i can't believe you just said what exactly you just said you know i can't believe you not only had the guts to be that blunt but i can't just believe you said that so um you know can kind of work in double-edged ways but in kind of, since we're on the, you know, whole matter of communication, I think it kind of goes without saying that this season, really, I think that's the biggest keyword ever. And I think I'm going to be a little honest with you, Stargazers, uh, when it comes to this season. Already what I'm seeing of it, you know, this is this was like from late tour season to now, I'm seeing that communication is going to be a bit of a challenge for all of us. And, uh, you know, again, this is not, you know, for me to get up on a soapbox and start ranting and raving how we need to communicate more. I, I just, it's more of a, you know, kind of, um, this might be a challenging season for all of us because, Communication for Geminis are like the old school. I mentioned old school journalism. A lot of people um, usually equate journalism with lots of technology, being able to have um, the technology that we have now at our fingertips. And actually, it's just the opposite. It's like back in the days when... You know, uh, reporters were using typewriters. They had to actually interview people face-to-face. You know, they didn't use Skype. They didn't use Zoom um, to communicate with somebody. They had to communicate face-to-face with someone. Even the newspaper guys had to stand on the corner and communicate face-to-face for those who purchased their paper. And they had to also find a particular tagline to rope people into buying the paper. So it's like, you know, kind of some old school sales techniques in that regard. But I think the biggest thing that I'm kind of imparting here is that from the old ways of journalism and from the old times to now, Unfortunately, as um, com- as technology has grown, so has commun- so communication has broken down, and I usually see this in the form of miscommunications, or misinterpretations, or misunderstandings. I'm going to be honest with you. I actually had a death threat beginning of Gemini season in the workplace, and it was all over a complete misunderstanding um you know the, the co-worker involved accused me of stealing from his keurig machine i remembered that i think it was the beginning of that week i had a little bit of coffee in the day because it was under my impression that the keurig machine was for the whole office it was my misunderstanding it was my you know my lack of judgment you know, being very tired in the middle of the day, my lack of judgment. And I remembered I offered to reimburse this particular gentleman, um, maybe even buy the next package of coffee, um, you know, for his Keurig machine if he needed that to happen. Well, instead of actually saying, yeah, I think I would like that, you know, he kind of stayed silent. And then two days later accused me of stealing from his coffee machine again and told me I better, you know, I better keep this as a forewarning or else and don't touch my coffee machine or else. And then furthered that when I was saying goodbye to a coworker, furthered that with get away from my desk or I'll kill you. Um, I, you know, again, I, I, I cite this because I feel like this is one of the breakdowns of communication that I feel like we experience right now, is that we don't really express what the hell is going on. We just jump to buzzwords that were fed from particular sources. I'll kill you. I'll shoot you. you you'll you be sorry. How dare you? I mean, it's like it's like jumping to the most irrational, emotional conclusions that can possibly ever be jumped to. And um, I'm, I'm saying this, you know, I, I kind of feel like with technology, it kind of fosters that and it kind of has fostered that. Of course, the political climate has as well, too. Um, but, you know, again, I just feel like we have a lot of breakdowns, you know, we also have a lot of situations where a lot of people tend to stay silent until they're at a roiling boiling point when they're not thinking clearly, uh, things that are very anti geminian and things, um, that are very much against this season. Um, I feel like with Gemini, what, uh, this season will actually kind of challenge us to do is... You know, Gemini is all about gathering facts, gathering logical resources. Being ruled by Mercury, and you know, along with gathering these resources, really prece- not really proceeding with the communication until there's logic behind what they have to say. And most of the time, I will be honest too with Gemini. Um, you know, when they gather information, most of the time it's you know what they're interested in you know, kind of like with their totem animal, the butterfly, they'll hop from one flower to another flower to another flower. And the same with um, their resources. But still, I, I feel like there is a bit of a logical pattern here. It's like, make sure that there are facts, or make sure that there are, you know, at least like book worthy resources to pull from when you speak. And also, I think with Gemini's uh, the other biggest thing that I think is also a challenge to us. So I, I think the, so to kind of recap before I keep going on, I feel like I'm jumping around a little bit myself. But uh, I think the first challenge is don't jump to conclusions during the season. Try to make sure that you're communicating any sort of anything that's going on with you, whether or not it's just a suspicion. And it's a silly fancy or if it is really serious, kind of like with the coworker, he could have um, said something like, you know, I perceive that you have done this as opposed to jumping to the conclusion of you stole from my Keurig machine or worse, you stole coffee. I mean, that that's a, that's a terrible allegation and a terrible conclusion to come to for anybody. So it's like kind of gather – and really think through your resources. Again, Stargazers, I apologize. I think there, there's a bunch of crows that are throwing babies out of the nest So we're, we're near my house. So it's going to be kind of interesting here with this recording. But, uh, you know, gather some resources. Gather some logic before you make conclusions. And don't jump to conclusions. I think that's the biggest challenge for us because that's, you know, jumping to conclusions has something that we've been used to doing Uh, I hate to say it, but since quarantine, I feel like this is where, you know, aside from deaths and, you know, aside from changing social interactions, I feel like this is where quarantine has kind of caused us to lose in some ways, is that we've lost some of our ability to ration and to reason, and we've lost some of our ability to fully and actively communicate effectively, So um, just to recap, really um, garner resources, really garner some facts before you start a communication, before you start communicating with anybody. I think that that's going to really help with all interactions and all relations during Gemini season. Uh, Second, with, you know, gathering resources, um, again, you know, Geminis are all about, you know, gathering what they're interested in, kind of gathering some resources, being logical. But, you know, if at a loss, you know, if you feel that, you know, something's happening or you're, you're about ready to jump to a conclusion, if you can't really, you know, reason very well, try to gather evidence or try to gather some logical conclusions of the matter, gee, you know, my my Keurig pods are low. Gee, the water in the Keurig machine is really low. I think that you had some coffee and really without my permission. And I mean, that, that could, you know, again, that still sounds a little accusatory, but at least, again, um, you know, trying to gather some resources or try to gather some facts before you launch into um, what your conclusion is. Um, and, uh, you know, also maybe gathering some facts, too, in order to start a conversation as well, too. I think many times we not only jump to conclusions, but we don't really know how to start a conversation. We don't know how to communicate with people. Um, I feel like we're used to sound bites with um, technology that we don't really take the time to break the ice with somebody. We don't really take the time to Start off with a conversation header. And I feel this is where Gemini and Gemini season could help us to excel with that is, you know, gather your resources, maybe start off a conversation with some of those resources, not jump to conclusions. And, you know, uh, really, if at an all time loss, you know, kind of gather that from. You know, some very interesting resources start off with a really interesting icebreaker. Um, that you know, like, hey, according to Time Magazine, or hey, according to astrology, or you know, something that can really, um, kind of rope you know, kind of start a conversation going. I think that that really also can help us, uh, kind of rekindle the lost art of communication and. I think really more than anything with relationships this season, it I think the biggest thing is how we communicate is how well our relationships are really going to go. And uh, I think that's uh, really the main vein uh, for this season. Also with communication, I mean, I think we're also going to just see kind of it comes without saying, you know, married couples we're going to be. Challenge to communicating what is working, what is not working in the relationship, and really coming face to face with your partner and saying so, not texting, not IMing, not doing any of that, like really spending some good quality time face to face with the communication. For those who are dating, uh, there's going to be a ton of communication, um, going, uh, kind of going in between the two of you. A lot of, gee, do we have shared interests? Do you have shared interests with me since we're still in the me circle of, um, the zodiacal wheel? You know, a lot of communicating about our, you know, the future together, kids. You know, a lot of it, it's, it's going to be way different from, like from Taurus season, where it was a lot of, you know, appreciating the fine arts, appreciating fine wine, really working together to actually finding some intimacy with communication. For those of you who are looking for casual relationships, um, good news, because Geminians really like to have a back door, and they really like to have many options before they go into a committed relationship. Uh, this is a good season for those who are looking for a casual relationship to actually have that. However, there's a little caveat. What I would tell you is um, when it comes to the list that you guys had um, cultivated within Taurus season, like what you can live with if you should not happen to have the casual relationship, um, I would say keep that list, you know like what you could live with, what you would crave in an actual relationship if you should have a real relationship happen, and uh, you know what you what are the qualities you would like in a partner. I'd keep that list handy. Um, you know just just to be on the safe side because with the intimacy of communication things could change. And speaking of casual relationships, um, yeah, that can happen. However, um, it might not be what you plan it to be. Many people who are looking for casual relationships usually look for one thing, one thing only. And knowing that this is about this is a season about communication, you might end up attracting a partner who is not only very good looking and sexy, but who might be talking a lot when you really don't want them to talk at all. So again, there's that challenge. But I think really more than anything, um, again, utilizing principles of good communication, I think really this can work out. Um, It'll be a challenge, but it can work out. It's just a matter of, you know, just being not too blunt, not too confrontational, but being honest with your partner, being honest with what works and really what doesn't work. You know, like communicating about your dreams and your goals while you're having sex, maybe that's not a good, that's not a good play there. And, um, you know, you, you, I think it's best to communicate that with your partner, uh, for friendship groups. One thing about, uh, Gemini along with communication is that, um, There's going to be a lot of, well, first off with communication, there's going to be a lot of sitting down, having one-on-ones, communicating, possibly a lot of sitting down to coffee. I think um, also, too, with the friendship group, you know, another aspect of Gemini, that of craving continual, you know, interesting experiences. We'll kind of dive a little bit more into this, um, but I might just dip my toe into this right now but i would not be surprised if some friendship groups also um commu- the what they're communicating is a sense of having you know not only intimacy within um communicative associations but also communicating that they want to have fun um more fun than they've had the last couple of seasons so um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's zip lining while having martinis, or skydiving while having martinis. Something that's like off the wall, but yet kind of fun and adventurous, for the same token. I wouldn't be surprised if that's also happening um, within friendship groups and friend circles as well, and in um, the workplace situations again with communication. Um, I would say try to challenge yourself from getting away from DMs such as Microsoft Teams and Slack. Actually have an actual um, honest-to-goodness interaction in a face-to-face. Again, clear clear any sort of miscommunications. Um, Try to stick with facts. Don't jump to conclusions is what I would say. Um, Really try to keep, um, you kind of view your coworkers as important business people. And these are business transactions that you do want to keep. And not to jump to conclusions or jump to any irrational, um, illogical, and also um, overly emotional associations. And by all means, stargazers in the workplace or just in general in life Stop it with the death threats already. Stop it with the, the vulgar and the very high octane threatening tone. Let's get rid of that. Let's work on just getting rid of that once and for all. Um, let's, let's use this season to challenge ourselves just to get rid of the I'll kill yous, to get rid of I'll shoot you ups, to get just to get rid of all the um, stuff that's been going on, um, you know, to the day to day as well. Or, you know, um, saying something and then defending yourself with, a let's, let's do away with the violence. Let's do away with all of that. You know, whatever's going on with current events, let's make that a minority. Let's make, you know, good, wonderful communication the majority um, within Gemini season. As I was alliterating beforehand, Geminians not only love to jump from different, you know, sources of material, But they do love to have fun in life. Actually, it was Thought Catalog that had an article that's literally entitled What My Gemini Mom Had Actually Taught to Me. And one of the biggest things was how to have fun in life. And I've kind of noticed this with my um, acquaintances as well, where, you know, they, uh, They can take something very serious and still make it very lighthearted and still have a joke, um, like a really witty joke about it at the end of the day. Um, I also have noticed, too, that um, even like a very serious job as well, too, they can find the fun in that as well and kind of take that and make it work for them, you know, make it work for their their interactions with their colleagues as well as just for themselves. But I think um, this season is going to challenge us to take a look at what is fun in relationships or what is also enlightening in relationships as well, because uh, Gemini, I think the way that they have fun is also to be enlightened by different sources of information. So with that said, what I usually think about it is, you know, bringing back the fun in marriages and dates you know, not, you know, like with a first date, not going into religion, sex or politics or anything really super heavy or super deep. Uh, keep it light. Keep it light. Keep it fun. And, um, you know, like what first dates used to be before um 2018 I think it was 2018 when I went on a blind date the first thing a guy asked me was what's your religion no 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 like you should be asking like what's your favorite color or what's your what's your favorite animal or what what do you feel about totem animals or you know some fun topics such as that you know like just keeping it keeping it light keeping it airy and keeping it fun um you know with relationships as well like within marriages Keeping it fun and keeping it informative, maybe diving into a different topic or diving into a theory and, you know, maybe sharing those different theories, that different topic with your partner. Um, you know, maybe bonding together by doing something really super fun, such as what the friendship groups are doing, like maybe zip lining while having martinis <laughs> or maybe, um you know, hiking up a mountain that you guys have wanted to hike up, uh, you know, for a long time or, you know, um, doing something that's really fun, that's really entertaining and enlightening that you guys have wanted to do for quite some time as well. And I think um, on the informative bent if there should be a rocky patch or whether, you know, whether or not there's a rocky patch, even if everything's going A-OK. Um, I think this is also a season where outside resources are, pre- are are going to be pretty welcome within the relationship. So if I were married, for example, I would draw on the words of Dr. Jonathan Decker from both cinema therapy as well as Mended Light and, you know, share that with my partner, you um, You know, through steps, and you know how to make the uh, make the relationship closer as well, too. So I think that's something else to share. But yeah, I mean, the friend, the fun part of it. I think the only challenge would be how to make um, relations with your coworkers fun. But I think that we could do that with the communication bent. I think it's like if we if we're aiming right and if we're kind of using the energy of Gemini correctly. I think we should kind of find those interesting things and those interesting communication tags that can kind of really definitely help with that. So now that we've covered the generals, so communication, bringing in fun resources, like kind of fun, informative things um, into communication, also just bringing fun, informative things into um, a friendship group or into the relationship. And then furthermore, making relationships fun. The shadow side of Gemini, as you kind of guessed it, the of animal being the butterfly where they're kind of hopping from one resource, the next resource, the next resource. Um, Sometimes with Geminis, they can really complain that they know just about everything when it comes to resources, that they've experienced everything when it comes to life and when it comes to fun that um you know one thing that I usually tease when I talk about Gemini is sometimes they they're not um, they're not shy in saying that they 're bored they 're not shy in saying as to how bored they are as well. I kind of crack up because some of their analogies get really super creative and after a while, it's like, oh, come on. You can't be so bored that you want to gouge your eyes out. I mean, you know, seriously. Or, or oh, my goodness, you're not so bored that you want to cut your tongue off. Come on now. That's that's too much of a hyperbole. Um, but, you know, as you can kind of guess it, um, bored, you know, actually, it's kind of funny that I mentioned boredom. Um Actually, since begin since Gemini season has begun, I've actually begun to feel a sense of ennui and boredom myself, and I'm trying to really work my way out of it. My sense of boredom and ennui happens to come from just um, you know it's it's kind of like an offshoot of anxiety, generalized anxiety disorder. But nonetheless, I'm trying to, you know, handle that and trying to make sure that my adventures are neat and unique and fun and new. And, you know, that I'm trying to shake it up a little bit in life, but it it is rather hard to deal with. Um, it, it can be rather difficult and um, definitely it's uh, something that's it's taking a little bit of time. I, I think I might have to either enlist in the help of fellow individuals who suffer from anxiety and depression or maybe even enlist in um, some therapy myself just if I, if I don't make leeway soon. But, uh, you know, with uh, relationships in general, um, with the fun – Seeking out for the fun, I think some of what can prompt that is that sense of I'm bored, or feeling that sense of, that somewhat doomed feeling of I'm bored uh, within the relationship. Sometimes it doesn't even have you can be doing the fun things, you can be communicating very well, and you just feel that sense of doldrum and boredom coming into play that you feel that your relationship is following a particular pattern. It's not bad, but it's not really exciting either. Um, And that you might want to shake things up. Um, What I would just say, and one thing of handling, one thing that I'm learning currently when I'm dealing with ennui, so to speak, one thing that's really been super helpful for me is to just ground Um, You know, and grounding can take on many, many different forms. Um, You know, for me, it's literally engaging with the earth, Um, you know, like kind of pretending like I have roots growing down from my feet and engaging with the earth that way. Or just being noted, just kind of noticing the ground beneath me when I'm sitting down or noting the ground beneath me when I'm standing up and how it's supporting me. Um, and you know, it's kind of like just how it's supporting me, how it's holding me up and, you know, just kind of those, those factors in mind, um, other ways to ground as well too. I mean, this is usually, this is, there's many meditative techniques, sometimes just, uh, keeping track of your breath, uh, can be incredibly grounding as well. Uh, sometimes there are individuals who find that doing something like cooking, something that's rote can be really totally centering for them. Um, you know, again, also there's, uh, I think there's another technique too, where um, there have been individuals who swear by this, where they actually lie on the earth and feel the, the mother earth that way, you know, like maybe lie on the grass um, at this time. is this, this is like the perfect time to lie on the ground. You can lie on the grass and take a look up at the, the clouds and, and the sky but I think either way, just kind of grounding, kind of settling the energy a little bit. Um, I know that when I'm pretty bored myself, it's very scattered energy. And it causes me, I mean, lately, um, my thoughts have been pretty well scattered as to what to do to alleviate the boredom. Um, so, uh, and I mean, it kind of, again, my I can see my thoughts kind of flip from one thing to the next thing. So just being able to gather that energy and kind of calm it down just a little bit. And I think the same is true if you should be feeling kind of the doldrums in a relationship before you, you know, get a little scattered, before you decide you want to shake it up, before you even decide you might even want to part with the relationship. Because I know sometimes boredom drives us to do Some things that we tend to regret like um, parting ways in relationships as well. One thing that I would just say is, you know, take some time to center. Take some time to ground. Take some time to really recalibrate uh, when it comes to the boredom and really kind of recognize the boredom for what it is. Um, The other thing I would say is that if you're growing bored in the relationship, like it just seems kind of staid and stale, that's very normal. Actually, relationships go through a period of being staid and stale sometimes. They go through a period of just being kind of rote. Um, I know we're kind of expecting Edward Cullen, Bella Swan from Twilight, Romeo and Juliet, where there's like lots of chemistry, and lots of passion. And I think we all know how I feel about passion. That's not everything. You know, relationships require us to be committed, and sometimes that can be very boring energy compared to the um, the the sagas in Twilight or the sagas in you know the saga that Romeo and Juliet have had had to encounter, or the sagas that um, our favorite heroes and heroines from you know uh, Harlequin romances have had to encounter. So, um, I mean, I would just say. Be honest with your partner and, you know, for all that you know, your partner may feel the same way, that there's like this scale energy. There is a way to shake things up while keeping the relationship going. In fact, you might be able to reignite the relationship. So maybe like think, you know, brainstorm between the two of you and again, communicate, this would be a great way to communicate, brainstorm between the two of you as to how to ignite the relationship a little bit more and i mean it's not just romantic relationships this could happen in friendships this could also happen in coworkers where you just kind of get bored after so long and again um the interaction can come between two people and the inter- i mean kind of finding ways to to ignite fun Or just to find ways to ignite the relationship a little bit. I think it would be the best solution possible to this this one shadow side of Gemini. And I mentioned the other shadow side when I was introducing Gemini. And that is being really blunt. I think I mentioned it twice. (laughs) Being blunt. uh, Being super blunt. I would just say in your journeys of communicating with one another... Just make sure that you don't take attack from a Gemini and say stu- such things as, "Gee, your hair looks awful. Why don't you go burn it? Here, I'll help you," or "Gee, your clothing looks horrible. You know, looks like somebody forgot to take their take their their psych pills," or "Or gee, somebody forgot to take their stupid pills today," or worse, maybe they OD'd on them. You know, it, the, the sense of bluntness or. As much as it's kind of playful with Gemini, and as much as it, you know, like I said, kind of makes us kind of crack up, and yet by the same time feel morally offended. um, You know, with the the you know with communication, just make sure again not everybody responds well. I mean, I crack up myself when I see when I hear this sort of bluntness. But for someone who might be in uh, their sun sign being in Cancer, or their moon sign, or even their you know, their Venus sign being in Cancer, they might take that a little bit differently. Or someone who's in Pisces, they'd take that way differently. Um, They probably would take that with loads of offense, morally offensive. Uh, Anybody who has any sort of aspects in Virgo, I'm actually surprised. I I haven't rebuked a lot of the time with Gemini and responses a lot, knowing my Venus is in Virgo. Um, But, you know, somebody who might also have some aspects in Virgo, also some of the other Earth signs as well too, Capricorn and um, Taurus, they might have their feelings really hurt with the bluntness and they might not really respond to that very well. They might find that this this season could be very challenging in the, the bluntness of it all. I would just say, you know, if there's something that really doesn't sound good in your head, don't repeat it. No, don't, don't repeat it to somebody else. Try, you know, maybe try to think through as to other possible alternatives of how to say what you want to say. Um, and also again, honesty doesn't mean being so blunt that it's almost offensive or being so blunt where it's like, I can't believe you just said that, you know, sometimes you can just be honest and still be mannerly as well too. And, um, still be constructive uh, within uh, the the communication bent. So I would say look into that and just really try within relationships. Again, communication within Gemini is to help enhance and to help relationships to grow, which I think, like I said, again, I'm already seeing this as being a, a bit of a challenge, but I think, again, it's a challenge we can overcome. But let's try to make sure that as we're communicating and growing With that communication style that we're not, you know, growing too blunt or saying whatever's on our mind or saying something morally offensive that we're going back to square one with our communication styles, which is jumping to conclusions, you know, responding with hurt feelings or responding with just really um, just terrible considerations all the way around, um, you know, just try to try to keep it light, try to keep it airy and, you know, just make sure that, you know, you, you think through what you say before you say it. I would also say to those who are um, very prone to jumping to conclusions, which I feel like that's a form of bluntness, try thinking through the conclusions before you present them and just... Take some extra time. You know, I think overall with this season, if you have to take a little extra time in order to communicate and in order to um, impart ideas thoroughly, there's no crime and there's no harm in doing that. Definitely take that extra time and, you know, um, really craft what you need to say um, rather well and rather thoroughly and rather um, constructively as well. All the way around, Stargazers, I do hope that this episode on Gemini season was very informative for you. Uh, Please feel free, if you have any questions or comments, uh, to hit me up on my uh, social, which is actually on Instagram, at sandra.mizek, that's M-I-S-E-K, Uh, definitely uh, check out my email messaging system. Uh, You you can definitely contact me at myzik.sandra at gmail.com. Also, guys, definitely, I've been playing around with Patreon a little bit. I found that if I were to do an exclusive episode, I'd have to have a private channel. And honestly, I don't like, well... I mean I don't really like that idea myself I came when I came to research it I was like it looked it, it looked good on paper it looked great in theory but unfortunately I kind of abandoned the situation so it's still the free It's still the the free chart reading definitely check out patreon.com forward slash seventh house astrology for more details also if you guys have some great marketing ideas um for this podcast, or if you have some great ideas for me to promote um, for my podcast, definitely I'd love to hear from you. Um, definitely reach out to me, and I, I would very much love to hear from you. But above all stargazers, despite the, the, the crows passing by uh, in this particular podcast, don't be afraid to look up at the stars. Uh, actually, we're coming to a half-full moon. And uh, it's really very much igniting and lighting up the sky. But above all, I mean, I think looking up at the sky can give us a definite pause, especially with the change of, um, you know, change of seasons uh, astrologically. And also just with some of the, um, you know, if you had plans during Memorial Day, I'm sure there were some stressors involved over the Memorial Day weekend, you know, or just... In general, if you're encompassing stress, um, looking up at the sky definitely gives you that pause. It also helps us to rekindle with the, um, the, the the kind of like the beginnings of astrology. But above all, stargazers, I really do hope that you guys are well. That there are no death threats. There's no anything that's negative on the radar for you. And between now and next week, stargazers. I hope to find you well, and until then...